Blog Talk Radio. Come on, put your hands together. Great is the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. I'll tell you what, we have a show tonight that's going to help free a lot of people. It's called Mm -hmm. Information. It's called Information. And if you're listening, call all your friends and tell them to call in. The call-in number is 718 508-9600, and trust me, you will be blessed and you will learn something. And also, Brian, our guest has something for all of our guests, people that are going to be listening in, he's just going to bless bless us all. Absolutely, absolutely. So how was your day? How was your day today, Greg? Oh, I had a joyful day. I had a joyful day. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, it couldn't come fast enough for me. <laughs> because I've been waiting on this all day long. I'm telling you, the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but I tell you, it was hard. It was hard. But we're going to have fun. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, tonight's topic is joy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and when when people talk about joy, they have many different forms of joy that they that they like to discuss you know but i think tonight's topic of joy i think we're going to get real deep and at the same time just you know very simplistic with the meaning of the word joy and why why some people don't really understand the word until they've experienced the word and tonight's guest is no stranger to the word joy and uh, I want to bring him on because this brother, in, in talking with this brother the other day, I just got excited because, you know, I, I like people who, who can energize me with their words, you know. And so just talking with this brother, I was excited. I was ready. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's do the show now. You know, yeah. so I want to just uh, tell you a little bit about him, and then I'm going to bring him in. And, you know, I, I think you guys are going to really enjoy him. You know, tonight's special guest is Minister Aaron Hobson, and he is with the Gems from Joy Ministries. He's also a lawyer and an author of three books, one being entitled Why God Kept Saving Me, the other Surviving Christianity, which is his new release, and the other book he has is Grace is Not a Rocking Chair. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, Mr. Aaron Hobson. Well, praise the Lord, Ryan and Greg. It's definitely a, a pleasure to be on your show tonight. I thank you for having me. Looking forward to a wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Today I was on my on Facebook, and someone sent me something similar to what we're going to talk about. And I told him, I said, you know what? Just listening into our show tonight. Make sure you have your pen and pad because we're going to talk about this 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 very very um, right now. I think this world needs to hear issue, and it's on prayer. I know the topic is joy, but we also know that prayer will give you joy. Uh, Aaron, you know, I, I want you to touch on what and uh, what a person needs to do and how they need to pray. We hear all the time people say, I'm praying, I'm praying, but nothing is working, nothing is working. But a lot of times, you know, like we talked about last night, a lot of people don't really know how to pray. So what would you have, what What are some of your suggestions? Well, I believe the first thing that, that a person has to understand about prayer is that it's basic communication with God. And prayer has been around since the beginning of man, since God was, looking at them in the cool of the day, and and, and they had their communion time. Well, that was really the first uh, instance of of prayer in the Bible, that time that God and Adam spent 
you know, talking to one another. And then, you know, I've had people that will tell me, well, you know, that's different because that was God, you know, talking to Adam. And I'm here to tell you today that there is no difference and that the same way that God was talking to Adam in the Garden of Eden, the same way that they had that meeting place, that consistent and regular meeting place, is the same way that God wants to talk with you and I today. In fact, that's the same way that God does talk to you and I today. You know, there's so much about the Bible, and the Bible is just a fascinating book, but there's so much about the Bible that, that it's saying, and that's why, you know, that, that people, you know, I've heard people say, well, I could take one verse and just meditate on that, and every time I look at it, you know, I get something else out of it. And I found that to be true because we look at the way that Adam named the animals. We look at the, the, the uh, assignment that God had given to Adam, and all of this was accomplished by Adam simply spending time with God in prayer. And, and that's the same thing we have to do in our lives today is that we have to spend time with God to find out what his purpose is, what his plan is for our life. We have to spend time just fellowshipping and, and getting to know God. And I can, I can definitely say that that communication and that time with God is the source of my strength, is the source of my joy especially in a world that is just riddled with so many problems and uh, challenges today. Uh, I agree. I agree. You know, here, here's a question that I was going to ask anyway, but I guess I'll ask, I was going to wait till later. I guess I'll ask it now. What does the word joy mean to you? Well, you know, I think that uh, that joy to me, is really just an expression of, of living life the way that God intended it to be. I mean, joy, you know, have you ever noticed that when you pray that, that you'll get into that the presence of the Lord and you just seem to forget about everything else around you? I think that God has given us tools to deal with the world that we live in. We all know that, that you know, if you just turn on the evening news at night, that there's so much turmoil and there's so much that's going on in the world today that God gave his people a gift in which we're able to tune it out. You know, joy will cause you to forget about that bill that you owe. Joy will cause you to forget about that bad relationship. Joy will cause you just to focus on the goodness of God. It gives you hope. And, and so joy is something that's very essential in the body of Christ. And I think that's why, you know, the Bible says that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength because it is that, 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 uh, God-given gift that allows us to endure through the challenges that we face in life. Mm. I like that. I like that, Brian. <laughs> For those that are babes in Christ who are just starting out, we, we, we know that a lot of times when they start out, they're, they're running 100 miles an hour, and they're, they're full of joy, and they're full of of this thing that they want to, and they're motivated, and they're energized, and they're full of this thing, and they want to change the world. Now, when they become this way and they start uh, reaching out to other people, you know, sometimes they get burnt out. They get burnt out, and they start watching things. They start seeing things differently, and, and sooner or later it seems like that passion that they had is kind of going out now. Uh, pretty much like when you go to church on Sunday, and by Wednesday, you everything that you had is pretty much you is gone. And my question is, how can a person stay connected and motivated uh, like they were in church on Sunday when they hear you speak, uh, when the Lord is, is is talking and touching them? What can they do to keep that kind of passion and fire going on a daily basis? You know that 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 question is so relevant to each and every one of our lives because, you know, even in my own life, I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I was praying not too long ago uh, for the Lord to really take me back to my first love. You know, that, that moment, you know how it is when you first get saved and everything is brand new. And I think for many of us, we have been so beaten down by life, so depressed, so many nights of just, you know, crying ourselves to sleep, so much despair because, you know, quiet as it's kept, that's the secret that the devil really doesn't want you to know. And that is for everybody out there that's listening that has led a life outside the will of God is that, yeah, you know, you know, it's almost like the Bible says, uh, you know, you can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, 
but at the end of the night, you begin thinking about your life. And so when we do make that decision to give our life to God, I think we have such a passion and, and, and such a joy, and, and we're so happy, you know, just to, just to, it's almost like breathing fresh air, that over time, we began to move away from the very things that, that God instituted in our, in, our, in, our, in our hearts when we first gave our lives to him. One of the things is that I found that, you know, when I first got saved, I prayed more, I read the Bible more, you know, I was, I was excited about going to church, but then as time went on and I got, you know, a wife, I got kids, uh, you begin to want different things in life, so you begin to pursue your career a little bit more. Well, sometimes we take away that prayer time, we take away from that Bible study time. And for me, in order to maintain that, what God did for me is that I think we have to constantly rehearse the value of God. I mean, many of us don't really understand the value of God, the value of what God offered us, the value of having a relationship with him. And, for, and, and I can usually find myself in giving God thanksgiving. Now, every time I give God thanks, it just reminds me of all that he's done because God does so much each and every day that there's so much that, you know, we just take for granted when it comes to God. So thanksgiving is a way to constantly renew that, that, uh, that love for God, that passion for God, and, and to keep you really yearning and, and hungering after Christ like you did when you first got saved. You know, you said a word uh, that is so important. You talked about the value, you know, because I know the way that I value God is a lot different from the way others value him. But just to take an account of the value, how, how much do you value yourself? And then if you just magnify that value towards God, you know, if you give that same value that you value yourself to God, you know, to me that's a, that's just that just makes sense. You know, but what kind of values values plural do you have to have in order to value a relationship with God? You know, I will use an example that the Lord used with me as I was on a prayer walk the other day and you know, when the Lord hit me with that you know, just really understanding the value of what you have. It's, you know, and there's always a scripture that that, that God will use and, he, and he'll build from. And the scripture that God used for me was, you know, for what does it profit for a man to gain the whole world but to lose his own soul? What would a man give in exchange for his soul? And when we think about the things that distract us in life, we think about the things that pull us away from God, um, in valuing God, we're saying that, hey, you know what? I see what you got, devil, but what God has is better. You know, I see that woman walking by. I mean, she's a wonderful-looking woman, but you know what, Lord? I value and appreciate the things you put in my life. It's about contentment, and I think that when you talk about a particular value system, it's the type of value system that you develop by really being sold out to Jesus. I mean, I look at my values before got into the things of God, I think that value systems work hand-in-hand hand with that regeneration process or that transformation process in which God begins to renew our minds. I mean, I think you both would agree that, you know, the way that you look at things is different, the way that you look at your family is different, the way that you look at your responsibility towards your children is different, and that's the same way that, that I think I developed in terms of God is that I just began to look at God different. I began to not see God as someone that was a million miles away, but somebody that was up close and personal in my life, that he was a friend, that he was a father, and that, that he was interested in what goes on with my life. And so I think that really helped to shape a value system that was really just rooted in the Word of God. So I don't think you start off with it. I don't think any of us do. When we, when we first give our lives to the Lord, I don't any of us start off with that type of value system, but I think that it just comes over time. And uh, the Bible says, hear a little and dare a little, you know, so it's something that we develop through the process of learning how to walk with God. Mm. Mm. i tell you what, a, a lot of people, the younger people today, we have a lot of young people listening in tonight, a lot of the young people, they, 
they think that when they give their lives back, they think it's going to be a boring and, you know, like the old days when they see saved people and they're not having fun and they can't do this and they can't do that. That's not true. They're so far from the truth. Yes, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them feel that, oh, man, I got to get into this world. Once I get tired of the world, then, then I'll come in and I'll do what's right. What would you, you know, I felt them? the same way, Brother Greg. I felt, <laughs> I felt the same way. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and I say it jokingly now, but in my mind, I really believed it. I mean, I just thought that, that I was just going to die of boredom. I mean, the thought of giving my life to Christ was because it and, – and it all comes, too, because all I knew about Christ was that my picture of, of living saved was that, you know, being in church and singing all day. That's all I really looked at. I just looked at the, the church factor that, okay, we're just going to be singing all day. And I thought I would literally wake up one day and just be like, oh, take, take it for it, and just, and just pass out of my seat. But I found that there was so much more to Christ than just what we see in church every Sunday. I mean, I found out that there was nothing that could compare to leaving the house every day and knowing that there was no feelings on my life anymore. See, you may not have the perfect network. You may not know the right people. You may not have the right education. You know, you may have made mistakes like myself. I made many mistakes in life. But, see, God was the great equalizer. I left the house every day really believing that literally, literally that the sky was the limit in terms of what I could accomplish in my life. It helped me to really appreciate the things in life that I'd always wanted to do but couldn't, in fact, I had always wanted to be a good husband but just didn't know how. I mean, I, I didn't know how I could ever come to making that kind of commitment because I was bound with lust, and I couldn't imagine having to be with one woman. I could never imagine, even though in my heart I wanted to be a good father, but I could never imagine myself being a good father because I knew that I loved the streets more than I loved coming home. So the, 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 the joy and the excitement for me came in the fact that, it made me a better husband. It made me a better father. I found out that I had joy all in my home. That just being able, you know, one Friday evening I was I was walking down the street with my son and, you know, my son was riding his bike and, and I just realized I just started thanking God right there on the spot. I said, Thank you, Jesus. There's no way that I would have been here on a Friday night at seven o'clock walking this kid down the street. There's just no way I would have done it. But man, it was so rewarding not to have any type of pool. I mean, it wasn't like I was rushing my son along so that I could get home and get ready to hit the club. It was like, son, you've got all the time in the world. And, and, and I was perfectly happy being there. So to me, it's just how you measure happiness. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't always come in the, in the way that we kind of look at happiness in terms of, you know, what's the excitement, what's the happiness. Happiness comes by just living a blessed life and being blessed in every area of your life. Mhm. That that hey boy, you couldn't have said it better than that. You know, mm -hmm. I even find that the definition of happiness, just for me, is knowing that Jesus died for my sins. That to me, that's just yeah. that. There's no easier definition for happiness than that. Yeah, that that that's a good way of looking at it. Uh. You know, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, he died on the cross for us. And, you know, you got to really think about that, that, that God didn't come down when we had got it all together. You know, he didn't send his son when, when we, we were pleasing in his sight. But while we were yet sinners, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us in our worst state. Hmm. That's good news to me. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. But that's you know, let me tell you, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I mean, your your show, your platform, um, you know, this is the very thing that we need now in the body of Christ. More people need to know that, that it's not boring. More people need to know that brothers, you know, here you got three men on the phone, that, that, that men do stand for God, that, that you can be a man of God and you don't have to be corny and you don't have to be shutting your house and a afraid to leave out every day, but men of God are just upstanding, they're integral, you know, it's the character that we bring to the table, so I just want to say, 
that I really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing and the message that you guys are getting out. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, with that being said, I want to talk a little bit about the Gems from Joy publications and ministry. You know, just reading on the mission that you all have, it says uh, it's a Christian-based organization formed with the purpose of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, utilizing all forms of media, outreach, evangelism, ministry, creation of the Bible-based educational programs, programs designed to assist the disadvantaged by working with other organizations. You know, to me, that's sort of like a full fold. And I didn't read the entire mission statement, but that just, I like that concept because most people would never think of using all forms of media. See, some people think of the radio. I remember when I was little, the radio was the devil. You couldn't <laughs> listen to the radio after a certain time at my grandmother's house. Wow. And at my other grandmother's house, my grandfather was a pastor. You couldn't listen to the radio. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no radios in the no house. Way. You did not listen to it. You know, and, and who would have thought? Now you're on the evil internet, so they would say. <laughs> oh yeah, and then exactly, the internet is bad. That's all I've ever heard people say, and yet, you know, when I go on Facebook, I see just as many pastors. You know, out there spreading the word on Facebook as I do friends out there spreading foolishness. You know, it, it, it that is something because you know the more and more you find, and we know that there are some things that are that are per se evil in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. But then there are a lot of things that it's a matter of how you use it. Um, the internet being one, when we say all forms of media, basically we will not limit ourselves in terms of how the Lord opens up for us to get the word out there. You have millions and millions of people on the Internet. So not to use that as a vehicle of, of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, to me, would be a very unwise thing. Mm -hmm. so we really open ourselves up to, Lord, you know, whatever way that we can, we are committed to getting the message out, the good news. Now, you know, if we were putting out things through those uh, different outlets, that had nothing to do with God, well, that's a different story. But, you know, utilizing those things in terms of, like, for instance, the blog radio, which is a, you know, fairly new new concept as far as I know, I mean, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, there's somebody out there right now that's listening, and if somebody can listen to your show and, you know, make a quality decision about Christ, then I think God is very pleased with that. Tell you more about what we about what we do, Brian. Um, we're, we're basically set up in uh, in two ways. We have Gems from Joy publications in which we do our books. Uh, we have books out now. One is Why God Kept Saving Me, which is a personal testimony of how I came to know Christ. Uh, we call that a message to the world. You know, it's not scripture based; it's testimonial based. The, the Bible tells us that. They overcame by the word of their testimony. Mm -hmm. And so if you're approaching somebody on the street that's never picked up a Bible in their life, just bombarding them with a bunch of scriptures really isn't doing much for them. So people need to hear your testimony. You see, you could throw the Bible out the window, but you could never change what God did for me personally. And see, that's something that each one of us carries. Everybody's got a story to tell about what God did for them personally. And it's through our testimony that we can really win the loss to Christ. Now, once they're in Christ and in the body of Christ, well, then they need some word. You're going to need some word to build you up. You're going to need some word to sustain you, and you're going to need your, some word to stand on. So the next book that I have is called Not a Rocking Chair, and that book is a message to the church, and it's really a message that we cannot take the grace of God for granted. I believe that there are tons of scriptures in the Bible to support the fact that once saved, you're not always saved. Now, once saved, God can keep you. And what I mean by that is, is that God has the power and God has the ability to keep you if you want to be kept. But God never takes away man's right to choose his own destiny. There's nothing that's chaining to me, me to my house right now. Even though I've been saved, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, I can make a decision right now that I don't want anything else to do with God. 
I can leave my house, I can leave my family, and I can go do some very wicked things. There's nothing holding me here but my decision that Christ is going to be the Lord of my life and that I've chosen to be sold out and surrendered to him. So that, that book is really a message to the church that just saying, just accepting Jesus into your life is not enough. There's a responsibility that comes after that. There's an accountability that we got to live saved, you know. We have to live according to the word of God. Now, thank God that God allows us to repent when we miss the mark. And I know I'll be the first to say, hey, I've missed the mark before, even being saved. I've missed the mark. But, but God does have that vehicle in which if your heart is right, we go to God, we confess our sins, and we turn away from the behavior. But we don't go to God, confess our sins, and then just continue to premeditate the same behavior over and over. And then the third book, which I'm very excited about, in fact, I just got the proof of the book today, which means it should be out next week, is called Surviving Christianity. Mm-hmm. And Surviving Christianity is a book that says the biggest, the, really to sum it up is the biggest threat to Christianity today is simply Christians or what America calls wow. Christianity today. See, we're our own worst enemy. And, and the media, which, which, which is increasingly anti-God, picks up on these things. I'm not talking about all media. You know what I'm saying when I say that. I'm saying uh-huh. that the secular media, you know, uh, which tends to be take a more humanistic view, they like to pick up on stories that kind of put Christianity in a negative light to the point where they think that Christians are these hate mongers that basically – you know, we're schizophrenic because we say one thing, but yet and still we do another. We preach one thing, but yet and still we do another. And i tell you what, I found that even the world hates a hypocrite. You know, even people that aren't saved, people that aren't in the body of Christ, hate to see people who run their mouth like they are but live the same way that they are. Mm-hmm. Nobody, likes, nobody likes a hypocrite. You know, and let me tell you this, and then, you know, uh, you can kind of uh, give me some feedback on it, but do you know one of the most profound things that was ever said to me was said by a person who basically was an atheist. But I tell you, that man told me something that I've lived by, and that is we were sitting in our dorm room in college, and we were watching TV, and we were sitting there drinking, and I had my, my time of my life where, you know, I'm drinking and, 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 and doing the same thing that he is, but yet and still, you know, I'm over there preaching to him. You know, you get a little little drunk, and every now and then, you know, because you were raised in the church, and I'm sitting there trying to tell him about Jesus, uh, you know, drunk as I don't know what. Well, we're watching a program where this pastor had been embezzling money from his church, and he looked at me, and, you know, they called me Vibes at the time, and he said, I tell you what, Vibes, he said, if you're going to be holy, then be holy. Otherwise, shut up and drink your beer. And, I mean, that meant so much to me. And, I mean, I have lived I have lived by that because, look, if you think about it, it makes so much sense. And it's so simple. He's like, if you're going to be holy, then go off and be holy. But if you're going to be sitting here with me doing the same stuff that I'm doing, quit talking to me about Jesus and the difference he made in your life. Because he, he, there's no difference in your life than mine. And I don't even claim to even know Jesus. Hmm. So that's what the uh, surviving Christianity is about. So I'm very excited about that. And, you know, if I may, you know, all of those things, Gentle Joy Publications, all of that can be found at www.gemsfromjoy.com. Now, the Gentle Joy Ministries is where we basically do a lot of our ministry, and both our, our ministry-based uh, organizations. But Genesis Joy Ministries is where we do our ministry out of, and one of the very special things that we're doing for Genesis Joy Ministries is that we have a prayer CD entitled The Battle Ready Prayer, which one day the Lord impressed upon my heart that he had wanted us to saturate the world with prayer. Every great move of God begins with prayer. And so this CD is a 16-minute, 28-second CD that we have begun to send around the world. The date, we have sent out over 140,000 copies of the CD. We're getting testimonies every day about people being encouraged, inspired, healings, deliverances, and, and, and the like. 
the greatest thing about this CD is that the CD is absolutely free. All someone has to do is either call into our ministry and we will send them. We don't put any limits on how many CDs that can be ordered. They can simply call in and request the CD, and we will send those CDs out to them free of charge, or they can go to our website, and they can download the CD at no cost on the website. Hmm. And that website, again, is gemsfromjoy.com. Yes, they can go to gemsfromjoy.com, and there's a link on that website that will take them right to the ministry website. But also, if they wanted to call for a, a, a hard copy of the CD, that number is one two four eight seven eight eight seven zero six one. And I'll say it again, one two four eight seven eight eight seven zero six one. And when they call, they're going to be asked to simply leave their name and their address, where they want the CDs sent, how many they want. And the CDs are usually shipped and out within five to seven days. Awesome, awesome. You know what? That's 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 a that's a wonderful thing because most people are are charging people, and we see it on television all the time. I was thinking about all of this last night after you, after we spoke. You hear a lot of people and, and read about people, and I get the emails. Email me. I have a word for you. But before they give you the word, you have to pay thirty nine ninety five or seventy nine ninety five to get the word. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and I and I tell you, brother Greg, um, you know, I think that every experience we have with God, you just learn as you go. And I I have also and had that dilemma before. You know, we we basically operate by faith. Right. We operate by faith that those that are able to will feed back into the ministry and make room for those people that don't. I mean, we don't. Uh, operate any other way. It's basically, you know, we do have people that will sow back into the ministry, that will send a donation, and it's greatly appreciated. But, you know, as you know, sometimes it gets uh, it gets a little tight, and we've had offers and different things to sell the CD, and, you know, then you start thinking, well, maybe the Lord, you know, wants me to sell it so I can, you know, create more CDs. But you know, the Lord told me, you know, when he put it in my heart to do this, he told me that it would be free. And it's always going to be free because, see, I would not even want to um, uh, start a precedent that people are having to pay to get prayer. Mm. I mean, there's no way in the world a person should have to pay to get prayer. And so this CD will always be free. In fact, all of our prayer downloads that we come up with are on our website, and they can be downloaded absolutely free because there is no price tag on what God can do in your life. And I do understand, you know, I have the same type of reservations about people that will tell me that I have to pay for my blessing. You don't have to pay for your blessing. And, see, the thing I'm trying to do, Brian and Greg, is that the whole purpose of the CD is to teach people that you don't have to go through somebody else to reach God. You don't have to wait on somebody else to get a blessing. You don't have to pay, you know, to, to receive from God. God is there right now, and anybody on, uh, that's listening right now, I'm here to tell you, you got a 24-hour access line to God, and it's called prayer. Anybody. Doesn't matter if you're big or small. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter who you are in your station in life. You have a 24-7 access to God, and that is through the vehicle of prayer. And God is waiting to hear from us. Can you tell us about some of the testimonies that you've heard from the prayer, or you can give us one of your own. Um, just, just how powerful is prayer? Well, I tell you, we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the, the testimonies that we get in. Uh, in fact, oh, that's, that's, that's God's little way of keeping me encouraged because, uh, you know, it's not an easy project. You know, it's a very expensive project because we don't have limits. We don't have like, okay, you can only get one CD. Most people that call us are getting fifty. We have churches getting 200. We have uh, missions groups that might order 1,000 at a time. So when I'm, when I'm logging the calls, and I generally do that for a reason, it really shows me why this is so important and why we have to continue to do this because we get a lot of amazing 
testimonies from all over the world, because that CD is going around the world, but just a couple to share with you that, that really stand out, that touch my heart. I remember of a young lady that called in that basically said that she had checked herself into a hotel and was contemplating suicide. She said that she had everything that she needed. She had basically given up in life, and uh, I guess her girlfriend had called her, and she told her girlfriend about what she was planning on doing, and the girlfriend said, well, listen, I just want you to listen to this CD. And so, you know, the young lady agreed, and, and she dropped the CD off at the hotel, and that young lady called our ministry, and she said when she heard that CD, that she just cried and cried and cried. And she, the Lord spoke to her, and it gave her hope. And, you know, now she's one of our most faithful supporters to our ministry. That the young lady said that that CD gave her a will to live, that she didn't go through with committing suicide. And now, you know, she calls us from time to time. She's doing well. And so I was very encouraged by that. We had one just recently that I thought was very unique in which mother had called, and the mother is uh, suffering from, I think she's suffering from multiple, multiple, you know how to pronounce it. (laughs) I can't even pronounce it, but she's suffering from something. Husband is suffering from something. I guess her daughter had a tumor on the brain. The whole family has just been, been hit with sickness, and she called into the ministry not too long ago, and she was just praising God. She said that her daughter was scheduled to have a surgery on her brain tumor, and she said that the surgeon ran the Battle Ready Prayer CD in the operating room. Now, that was very unique. I've never never heard of anything like that, but he was playing the prayer CD in the operating room, and he said that the Holy Ghost ministered to him, and he was going to go one way with the procedure, and he said the Holy Ghost ministered to him on the spot, told him to go another way. And so they did the procedure another way, and it was a success, and now that young lady is running around the city, passing out these for us. Her mother has been inspired by the CD. She's praising God. You wouldn't even tell that she had sickness anymore. She's praising God. She says she's she's feeling her healing come. And so we get testimonies like that all the time. I'll tell you another another group of testimonies that really inspire me are the people that call and say that the CD helped them to pray because that's the biggest purpose here. Thank God for the healing. Thank God for the miracle. Thank God for the manifestation of his and his ability to talk to his people. But but purpose behind the prayer is to teach people that you can go to God for yourself. See, the prayer is just a guide. It's just a conduit by which God can minister to his people. God uses different vehicles to minister to his people because people would tell me things that were said to them that aren't even on the prayer. It's not even on the CD. But God was using that prayer to open the door, and then he speaks to that individual about their particular situation. So when I hear people call in and they say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm praying stronger than I ever have before. It inspired me. I didn't even know that I could pray for all of these different things in, in this particular way. Those are the testimonies that really, really encourage me because the Lord has laid out in this prayer basically seven components of prayer that, that we reinforce throughout this prayer CD. I want to ask you this. What about the people that feel guilty after they pray? You know, guilt really, well, the first thing we have to understand is that the Bible tells us that there is no condemnation in Christ. And a lot of times when we feel guilty, it's because of things that are going on in our life. It's because of things that we're not letting go. See, the Bible tells us to bring our problems to God that Jesus would take our burdens on him. And that probably goes to the expression that people use about leaving things at the altar. And that expression is very real. And what that means is, is that when we come before the altar, when we come to God in prayer, we're supposed to be able to let go. And, and, and when we leave the altar with the same problems that we went to the altar with, 
then a lot of times that just uh, tells us there's some type of struggle going on in our life. For instance, you may be in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in. Mm. You're living with somebody that's not your husband or your wife. And so you go to God in prayer, and you're asking God to, to forgive you, and you're asking God to, to really move on that situation, but yet and still you have no desire whatsoever to get out of that situation. So you walk away from the altar where you could have gone and got healing. You could have gone and made a commitment that, Lord Jesus, I, I, I have faith to trust you. I'm letting go of everything in my life that's not like you. And I just believe, Lord Jesus, that you will comfort me and that you will give me the strength not to pick that thing up again. It's called victory in prayer. But when you lead an altar and you still got things that you're not ready to let go of, or you still got things, and you know, another area, Brian and Greg, is <clears throat> the first area is that there are things that you don't want to let go of. But then another area is, is that you don't have the faith to believe that God can actually do it. So you go to the altar. See, some of us get religious. We know to go to the altar. We know how to go through the motions. But yet and still, don't exercise the faith to really God's will manifested in our lives. So you go to the altar and you're praying on a particular thing, but you still come back worrying about it. You don't pray that God would would, uh, move on your, your financial situation, and maybe you have a financial challenge in your life, but then when you leave the altar, you're still thinking about it. You're still worrying about it. You're still wondering, you know, how it's going to work out. And so the thing we have to know about prayer is, is that when we come to God, we must come in faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. And when we give it to God, we got to let it go. And we got to praising God like it's done, even if we don't know how it's going to be done. We just start praising him like he's already done it. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I want to go on, uh, I'm going to go actually back to this thing on joy. You know, because I, I think the two words are joy and prayer are directly linked. You know, tell me this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a person's joy is directly predicated upon how much prayer they have or how much prayer that they exercise? I do. I think that they are that they're definitely linked together. In fact, I know when I haven't prayed enough. I mean, the further that I pull from God, less joy that I have. See, because joy comes from being in the presence of God. And then some people might say, well, you know, then then joy would only come in your prayer room. I'm here to tell you the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. We don't have to limit God to the prayer room. I mean. Like I said before, prayer is just communication. So when we take God with us wherever we go, when we're when we're constantly thinking on God, constantly talking to God, that's how we maintain our joy. We maintain our joy by just being around God. See, anytime you're around God in that space you occupy with Him, there is no sorrow, there is no worry, there is no doubt. These are all the things that really take our joy away from us. So the more that we pray and the more that we spend time in his presence, the more joy that we're going to have. That's across the board. Mm. And it should start in the morning, Brian and Greg. It should start every morning. See, prayer is not something that should be just done at the end of the night. But the Lord wants us to actually script our days because, see, there's power and there's the power of life and death in the tongue. And God has given us authority and dominion in the words that we speak when they line up with his word. So every day, the first thing that we should be doing is scripting how our day is going to go, standing on the promises of God. God, you said, even though, Lord Jesus, I know that there's a famine out there, even though, Lord Jesus, I know there's economic despair, but, Lord Jesus, your word says that we will be blessed in the land of famine and that there is no bad news today which means it doesn't matter what's said to me today. There is no bad news because I make a decision to believe on what your word says as opposed to believe in what they say. See, you begin to walk in the fullness of what God's word says. That's what produces joy in our life. That's what causes us to be able to look, and it may be dark outside, but we, we just see the sun everywhere we go. 
because we're not looking at what we see, but we're relying on what God said. See, joy comes by believing what God said in the face of bad circumstances. You know, our, our home life may not be the way we want it to be, but we come in excited and on fire for God. Why? Because obviously we believe something different than what reality might be telling us. See, you can't have joy if you look at reality. Reality is very cold, very harsh. I mean, it would be very hard to have joy in, in what we see out there right now. But, see, the ability of the Christian to have joy in bad circumstances is that we don't rely on what we see. You know, even though I'm going and they laying off people at my job, I'm coming in happy. And they're like, well, I don't understand. You know, everybody's getting laid off because, hey, God's my source. He's my provider. I got joy. I got promises from God. I got things I'm standing on. doesn't matter what they do. You know, they don't have a choice in terms of what goes on in my life. I'm believing God. I'm excited. In fact, God said that today could be the greatest day of my life. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for blessings. I'm not even looking, you know, for layoffs and pink slips and, and bad news. I'm only looking for what God's word says. And his word says that we are above and not beneath. His word says he'll send ravens to come feed me if I have lack. God is able to do it. And that's what gives us joy as Christians is that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we know that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave his life for us. Tell you what, what he said, 10,000 will fall at your feet. Right? <laughs> at your feet. A whole army of things just falling at your feet. Mm. Man, it's great to be a Christian. I tell you, it is great. I've got joy just for y'all brothers don't stand me up. I'm down in the basement with joy. <laughs> and see, that's infectious. That's what my children need to see. They need to see me coming out of the closet just happy, excited about God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, and, and so, you know, so often we take, we take our relation with him, relationship with him, we take it for granted. We, we, we really do. And when we have issues, some of us, not all of us, but when we have issues, a lot of us won't go to him first. He'll be the last source. They'll pick up the phone and they'll call their friends. And they'll try to work it out with them, and it's not working. And then, you you know, I've heard people say, well, the only thing I can do now is pray. Well, yeah, that, that like should have been the first out. thing. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the first thing. Yes. You know, you know it's, Greg knows how I am. And right now I'm just cheesing up a storm. I, I can't stop smiling because I knew that you were going to get excited. Praise the Lord. And, you know, but, but it, I'm not saying it in a bad way. It's a good thing to see a brother get excited and be so sold out. Sold out, that, that perfect word, just sold out on what he believes. You know, but there's some people out there that they may be struggling right now. They They may be concerned with paying their bills tomorrow. They may be concerned on whether they'll have a job tomorrow. Let me ask I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question because we've had this uh this series that my pastor had been preaching about prosperity ministries. And uh, let me let me just ask them does God have does does God people have recession? Well, I would answer that like this. You know, there's actually dealt with that topic in uh, in this book that's coming out. I've got a whole chapter called The Question of Prosperity. And I think that it starts from a premise that, you know, too many people today are seeking Jesus for what he can do as opposed to seeking Jesus for who he is. Mm. And there's a big difference. You know, if you just look at two malefactors that were hanged on the cross with Jesus, both men wanted to be saved, but only one man wanted to be with Jesus. One man wanted to be saved from death, and it didn't matter if it was Jesus or a Pharisee who came and got him off that cross. But if you notice the other man, he never even asked for his life. He just said, Lord, that I might be with you in paradise. And then there was another group of people, 
you know, in that same same book of Matthew where they had came to Jesus because they saw him basically perform miracles, and Jesus told them that you seek me not because of basically the things that, that, that who I am, but you seek me because, you know, he had fed the people, basically because of what he could do for the people. And in terms of re- recession, I don't know if I would necessarily use that word, but I do know this. I know that just because you're in Christ don't mean you're not going to have hard times. Mm-hmm. I know that just because you're in Christ, look, the Christian experience is this. It's about endurance. It's about believing God despite what we see. It's about God saying that, that uh, we're tried in the fire, but yet and still we come out more precious than gold. The Christian, the Christian experience doesn't mean that every day is going to be your oyster or that God is this supernatural ATM machine who's going to dump money out of the sky. I'm here to tell you there are going to be times where you may not know where your next meal is coming from. There are going to be times when there are bills stacked up to the ceiling. There are going to be times when we experience debt. There are going to be times when we're laid off. So that's the one thing that I think gets distorted in that whole message of prosperity is that it gives us this, this, this feeling that we're basically entitled, like we never have to go through. We never have to do anything. Look, let me tell you, it's been some of those bad times because I've experienced some of that stuff I just told you about. I've been laid off. I've had times where I had nothing. But see, been through every experience, it wasn't necessarily what I didn't have, but what I did have. Because, see, God brought me through every single one. And that's why I can have so much joy today, because I know what God has done in my life. And I'm here to tell you, if you're somebody that's worried about the bills or doesn't know, you know, what you're going to do in terms of your finances, then I just say to you tonight that the way you do it is by trusting God. You do about one conversation at a time. And that is that every time the devil tells you one thing, you go and you rehearse what God's word said. So you have to build yourself up. I think that, that, that sometimes people think this thing is like a can of spinach where you just break it down and then you're healed. No. It took some of us, look, in my own life, I spent 27 years messing stuff up. It didn't, it didn't turn around in one day. I mean, my mind was renewed and my heart was changed. But let me tell you that, you know, uh, this experience is about endurance. And, yeah, so, to, to, you know, just to, just in terms of that word, I mean, yeah, we want to look at that, look at it that way, yes, God's people can experience a recession. We have ups and downs like everybody else. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask you this. We have about seven minutes left in the show, and I think it's really, really powerful when you, when, when you touch on this. Um, we, we, we're dealing with a lot of women that have been molested and raped and they're little, and now uh, a lot of them, uh, they, they can't let that go. And then we've had some people that uh, are, are dealing with someone in their family being murdered, and and the forgiveness thing is, is something that, that's just spreading, and, and a lot of people, all they hear is revenge. They want to get even, and they can't let that go because they feel like if I forgive this person, I'm giving up my power. What is the power and what is the strength in forgiveness? What What do you think it is? Well, I think that, that forgiveness is the cornerstone of our faith. And I know there are a lot of people that, that do struggle with that. But, you know, the way that I look at it and the way that I tell other people to look at it is that there's nothing that was done to you that Christ did not endure worse. You see, what we did to Christ was far worse than anything that anyone has ever done to us. But Christ forgave us. And so I think why forgiveness is such an important principle is that God is asking you to do for others what God was willing to do for you. You know, God could have took that position. I mean, here it is. We took his son who had done no evil, a just man. And we, and we put him on a cross and we nailed, you know, spikes into his hands and we spit on him and we pulled his beard out. And even in our own lives, we don't even have to go to Christ. I think about my own life, you know, all of the years I spent running away from God and doing things to defile myself and doing things to defile other people and whoremongering and, and so forth. But yet and still, when I asked, when I called out on his name, I didn't say no, you know you did this to me last year, or 
you know, you did this 20 times to me or you did this 30 times to me. No, God, God came. When we called, he was there. And so God expects us to do the same in terms of other people because, see, it's not the person. See, God is asking you to forgive the person. He's not asking you to, to basically uh, accept sin because God himself hates sin. There's nothing wrong with saying that what they, that person did to me was despicable. What that person did to me was vile. God is asking you to forgive that soul. God is asking you to, to understand that that person is really only one decision away from being a, a wonderful person. I mean, that person, we've all done things in our life to hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think that the way you get over it, because I know it's easier said than done, but the way you get over it is this, is that you pray for that person every day. It is very hard to hate somebody that you are praying for. And so the way that you start to help your heart and, and God will help you in the process is, is that every day you say, Lord, I wish that person would be blessed. Lord, I wish that person that their heart would be turned. Lord Jesus, I wish that the same experience I had with you that they would have with you. And I guarantee you that the more you pray for that individual, that, 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 that anger and that bitterness will lose its grip in your life. Yeah. I know that I know it's easier said than done, so I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. But you know, you want God to help you, and so you want to get God involved. You know, the only thing you, the only power that you're holding on to is basically the power that Satan gives you, because God doesn't move in our flesh. And so, when you let go, you're letting God. When you let go, you let God in, because God, God cannot, God cannot dwell in an unclean place. And bitterness is unclean and anger is unclean. Those are all works of the flesh because God is love, and that's all he's ever done to us is absolutely love us. So when we let go, we make room in our lives for God to come in, and he replaces all that anger and that bitterness and that pain with love. That is definitely the ticket. <laughs> that Praise is the God. ticket, my brother. You know, I want you to uh, please give out your contact information, uh, people may want to call you. They want also want to get the the CDs and the books and stuff like that. Give out your contact information again for us. Okay, the the best way to get in contact with me is by going to the website because that has all of the information on it. It's got the email address, and I do look at every email, so I don't have people looking at it for me or anything like that. I look at every email, um, and that is gemsfromjoy.com, which is www.gemsfromjoy.com. And on that website, you'll see a link to the ministry website. And the ministry website has the prayer. It has the number for the prayer, but I'll give the number again. That's 1-248-788-7061. And another thing you can do when you call that number is, when you leave your information, if you want someone to call you back and and pray with you personally, then just indicate that. And I work with a group of brothers, and we, we do return those calls and call with people uh, people individually to pray for them. Awesome, awesome. You know, my uh, one of my members of my church was just talking about a telephone ministry and was saying how important one, well, how important they are. But, uh Brother, I want to take this opportunity to just thank you for joining us tonight. You know, I had so much fun. I'm over here just smiling. Uh, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm glad to have met you. And I definitely will, Greg, and I definitely going to keep in touch with you, brother, because we got to see what's going on with you. Well, thank you. I thank both you and uh, Greg, and it's been a, a pleasure to be on your show, and I definitely look forward to talking with you guys in the future. All right, all right. Well, I... Go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just thinking it, man. I'm, I'm, uh, he's he truly blessed me. I have a, a pad full of notes right now. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise God. To God be the glory. Yes, sir. Yeah. I want to close out the show tonight just focusing on that word joy and the other word that, that follows that is a result of joy, and that's, no, I'm sorry. I want to focus on prayer and the results of prayer, which is joy. And I want everybody to really, really consider having a a serious prayer life because the benefits of it definitely outweigh the time spent. 
With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight. We ask that you please tell all your Facebookers, your Twitter fans, your MySpace, your Bebo, and everywhere else that you social network on to listen in, join us. We thank you. Good evening, and God bless you all.